0: Thank you. Well, Oakwood family, you are in for a special treat today. Uh, We have Josh Sofer from Jews for Jesus, and he's going to be sharing a presentation with us this morning called Christ in the Passover. And uh, he uh, comes to us from Los Angeles, California. Okay, so that you know what that means. He needs lots of prayer. For the ministry of Jews to Jesus out there. But he's going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, the ministry there. And also, uh, this is going to be wonderful. And I think this is going to bring so much more meaning uh, to our communion experiences over this next week and into Easter weekend as he does this. So, without further ado, let's give a warm Oakwood welcome to Josh Sofair. All right. Well, Shalom. Shalom. All right. They told me that you speak Hebrew, so we should be ready to go. Uh, it's uh, my name is Josh. So fair. I've been here before. Some of you remember me um, and uh, I'm just going to gonna kind of rearrange a few things here. Um, so I, I uh, work on staff with Jews for Jesus as a missionary and I am here to share with you a presentation that we call Christ in the Passover. Now, I um, When we read the scripture, we are all faced with a bit of a challenge, many of us, all of us, in fact, is that the Bible, as it was written, was not written to us. We're listening in on this story, and so there's all kinds of clues and little bits of nuance that are hard for us to understand, and especially the celebration of holidays, and so on Passover or on this, uh, this Sunday, this Palm Sunday, when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, one of the things that he was doing was he was getting ready to celebrate a Passover meal. Now this Passover meal is still celebrated by Jewish people today. I've celebrated this every year of my life. I'm uh, from a Jewish family and Passover was a very important part of my life, my growing up, I'm also a believer in Jesus as the Messiah. And I still celebrate Passover today with my family because Passover tells maybe better than any other story of the Bible. Passover tells the story of redemption. And so what I'm going to do with you tonight is I'm going to walk through all of the different items on this table because these are part of a traditional Seder uh we're going to be walking through this what is called a Passover Seder which is a traditional ordered service uh following the Passover meal and so as I do I hope that you will see as I will show you a picture of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world So as we're going through this, pay attention. As we're going through this, think about how you've filled in the gaps of this story in your own mind. Think about how this story, the different gaps have been filled in by others. And uh, so uh, I want to, as we go through this, I want you to keep in mind some of what we know from scripture. And I'm gonna read a few verses from the Gospel of Luke. But i have to put my glasses on because i can't read the words on this little bible so you know jesus celebrated passover because jesus was jewish right as were the disciples as were all of the different ones that were there in the room with him and we read in luke it says then came the day of unleavened bread on which the passover lamb had to be sacrificed and he sent uh, the disciples to make preparations, and he said, go and prepare the room for us to eat the Passover. And they found a room and prepared it, and it says in verse 13 of chapter 22, they left and found things just as Jesus had told them, and so they prepared the Passover. Okay, now the first night of Passover marks the beginning of a seven-day holiday that we call the Feast of Unleavened Bread. For a whole week, we don't eat anything that has any leaven or any yeast. So what was going on likely that first uh, Passover with Jesus and his disciples is they were going through and preparing some of the parts of the room, probably the, the whole room for the Passover celebration, and they were making sure there was no yeast or no leaven. And so uh, as they were going and doing this, they were getting ready, and Passover is a holiday that is a family event. This was an event that Jesus and his disciples celebrated with their extended families. So in that upper room, there was likely a lot more than just 13 people in that room. All their families would have been there. So there was probably... I don't know 50 or 60 or 70 people there in that room sharing the passover meal and they would have gone through and done most of what we have here on this table as it is celebrated today by jewish families and so this morning what i'm going to do is walk you through a traditional passover i'm going to explain what parts of this existed during jesus's day I'm going to explain to you how Jewish people celebrate Passover. And as we do, I hope that you will see this as a picture of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, without any further ado, I'm going to get started. Now, the Passover begins, as all Jewish holidays do, with the lighting of the candles. And the candles are lit by uh, the woman of the house and it's traditional that the candles begin the Passover celebration Here we go You know all Jewish holidays start with the lighting of the candles It's traditional that the that the light of the candles is symbolizes God's presence God's glory dwelling there in the midst and it's the woman of the house it's believed that invites god's presence to be there at the table so the candles are lit a blessing is said the service starts and it begins with three steps of setting apart sanctification the first is the lighting of the candles this sets apart the time the second is the washing of the hands all the people at the table uh, will wash their hands before the service uh, we remember when we read the story of the Gospels that Jesus not only washed his hands, but this would have been the time that he went to the disciples and washed their feet, setting them apart not only for celebrating Passover, but sell it, setting them apart for a life of service. And the third step of sanctification is the drinking of the first of four cups. Now, during the Seder, Each adult will drink from their cup and refill it four times. They just have one cup in front of them, but I have four cups here to show you the different cups that we drink over the course of the evening. So the the four cups have each have a significance. The first is called the cup of uh, sanctification, or the kiddush cup. The second is the cup of plagues. The third is the cup of redemption, And the fourth is the cup of praise, or the cup of Hallel. But it's with this first cup that the host holds aloft and offers a blessing for the service to follow. So holding this sanctification, this kiddush cup, he offers praise and thanks to God Almighty, the creator of the fruit of the vine. And in Hebrew, the blessings are chanted, and the blessing over this cup goes like this. Amen. So, with the candles lit, our hands washed, the first cup, now the service the Seder has officially begun. And all of this is part of the celebration of Passover. So when they were doing the meal on that last supper, Jesus and his family and all of the other people there would have been going through many of these different things here and many of these experiences. And these are all part of what was going on in that evening. So passover as i said is a family passover there are children there there's older people there it's multi-generational and the children have a significant part to play the children during the seder ask the question why on this night why is this night different than all the other nights and it's a it's a traditional question that is part of the passover table Part of the Passover experience, if you've ever celebrated a Passover with a Jewish family, you know this is one of the things that's said. Usually it's asked in Hebrew, as a number of other questions are asked in Hebrew. And so as this uh, question is asked, what we do is we tell the story. And the story is that we were once slaves in Egypt. We were slaves to Pharaoh. It was terrible we cried out to god and you know what god sent moses a redeemer and he came and he argued our case to pharaoh he went to pharaoh 10 different times and says and said let my people go 10 different times pharaoh said no and as a result plagues were poured out upon the egyptians upon pharaoh's house and upon the gods of egypt all of this led up to the final plague the 10th plague the angel of death one fateful night the angel of death god himself would come and visit the homes of every house in the land of egypt the firstborn in each one of those homes would be struck dead Now, to give you a little bit of a scale if you're here and you're a firstborn raise your hand there's a lot of firstborns it looks like about a third of you the firstborn of every home would be struck dead it was a horrible night but god made a provision god said you should take a lamb a spotless lamb take the, and kill the lamb, and take the blood of that lamb and paint it on the doors of your homes. And when the angel sees the blood on the doors of the homes, death will pass over, right? That's why we call this holiday Passover. Uh, And so this tells a remarkable story. This is really the core of this whole event here and that is that sacrifice or sorry that redemption happens not through ethnicity right not through what family you are part of what neighborhood you're born in but redemption happens when you are under the blood of the lamb it was by the blood of those lambs that israel was set free all the language in the new testament about by his blood we are set free all of it comes back to this holiday a hundred percent this is the biblical story of redemption and this holiday this meal illustrates it for us so the child now asks the the next couple of questions why on this night do we eat unleavened bread And on Passover, we have matzah. It's unleavened bread. Many of you are familiar with this. Um, And uh, on Passover, there is an interesting tradition here. This pouch that sits on the table. There is, uh, has three pieces of matzah. And that's what this is. Matzah is, uh, well, looks a little bit like cardboard. Tastes a little bit like cardboard, all right, thank you. Uh, my daughter eats this with, uh, she likes Nutella. Uh huh. So this really becomes a delivery mechanism for chocolate to get into her body. So that's what uh, pa- uh, matzah is for her. But we eat it on Passover, and this pouch paints an interesting picture because there's three matzahs. The middle matzah is removed broken in half, one half is set aside, the other half is given uh, kind of an interesting name. It's called the afikomen. Some of you might remember when I was here the last time I talked about this. It's part of a, a tradition that we play with the children where the matzah is put in this special sack and it's hidden. The children go look for it later but for now, it's, it's buried away, it's hidden. The children are wondering where it is, but everything goes on. Okay, so the children ask the, uh, a couple of remaining questions. Why on this site do we eat bitter herbs? Because that's required. Why do we dip the bitter herbs, not just once but twice? Uh, and then why do we recline when we eat? We'll do that question uh, now. So the reclining on passover is to show that we have been set free so uh, we we sit in comfortable chairs on pillows we relax we show that we are redeemed that we have been set free well the questions about the bitter herbs and the dipping let me explain by showing you this now this is a seder plate and uh, this plate typically sits on the table like this and it has different foods as you can see we eat these foods and by eating we're again experience the story of passover and the idea is this is that we've told the story we've heard the story we've asked questions about the story we've answered questions about the story now we taste the story this is a uh a a way of telling the story through our tastes and that's what happens now at this point in the passover each we start eating some of these different items on the table or on this plate and so the first item is called carpas or greens and so these greens represent life and uh you know as i drive around this part of oklahoma there's fields that are bright green right you know that there's things growing there, and that these crops are on their way. And so the green of the the parsley has that same idea, that it is about life. And so we eat this, but before we eat it, we dip it in very salty water, where the salt water represents tears. And so what we do is we take the The greens, we put it in the salt water, we swish it around a little bit. In our family, we hold it up, we watch the drips, and we're reminded of the tears that we shed when we were slaves in Egypt. Now, the next item on the Seder plate is an onion. Uh, I think in the picture there, it's a horseradish root that you will see. But the idea is here is that this is a, a root and it shows that for those that are in slavery, the root of their life, the very basis of their life is bitter. And this is true whether it was thousands of years ago or those people in slavery today. This, pa- uh, this idea, the onion t- in modern Passovers, uh, communi- it's, it's a way of stimulating a conversation about what responsibility do we have as followers of uh, that are what responsibility do we have as as people who have been set free to those that are still in slavery today now the next item on the plate is called the maror the bitter herb itself now this is freshly ground horseradish now on passover each adult is supposed to eat about a tablespoon full of the horseradish and uh you're supposed to eat enough so that you make yourself cry i know it's a strange holiday i didn't make up the rules by the way the idea is you're supposed to eat enough to make yourself cry so that you remember what it was like to be a slave you remember what it was like to feel all of these things The next item on the Seder plate is called the haroset, and this is uh, chopped apples, and uh, usually it's made with nuts and raisins and uh, sometimes honey and dates. It's very sweet. But it's supposed to look like the mortar or the cement that Pharaoh required the Jewish people to use to make bricks for the building projects. So we eat this. We make a little sandwich with matzah and this apple mixture um, but we mix a little bit more horseradish in just to remind ourselves again that we were slaves and it was bitter so this is the second time that we dip into the 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 bitter herbs by the way on the in the new testament when jesus celebrated passover with his disciples and he said the one who dips his bread in the bowl with me will be the one that betrays me in that bowl was bitter herbs probably something like horseradish the bread was matzah unleavened bread that was what was going on in this meal now what we've done so far uh most of this jesus would have done with his disciples but today there are two items that were added a little bit after jesus's death uh, a bone and an egg Both of these items speak about the destruction of the temple and the absence of the Passover sacrifice, because in 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. So we have an egg. The egg reminds us of the sacrifice. The egg's brown or roasted as the sacrifices were roasted. And the bone reminds us of the lamb, the animal, That was sacrificed that we were commanded to eat at passover the passover lamb and so in in jewish families today lambs generally not eaten because the lambs which used to be eaten were the actual sacrifices so in 70 a.d those sacrifices ended from that time to today in most jewish families lambs not served Instead, we have a bone that sits on the table that reminds us of the absence of the Passover sacrifices. Now, on Passover, um, there is, as I said, there's four cups. So now we come to the second cup, the cup of plagues. So in Jewish tradition, we, uh, the, the cups are usually filled to the brim. That's a way of saying that our joy is completely full. And so, when we think about this cup, when we think about the plagues that were poured out upon the Egyptians, we pour out some of the contents of this cup as we remember those plagues um, that, were, that were poured out upon the land. And so, we, we actually pour out some of the contents, usually uh, just a drip or two for each one of the plagues, and then we go ahead and drink that cup. You can see that this is a very kind of multimedia, very tactile event. But for now, what happens is, we typically now take a break. And now is when we have our meal. And so uh, the family um, kind of clears away most of this. The meal is brought out. I'm just gonna take a brief moment to take a step back from the Passover and tell you a little bit about the work of Jews for Jesus. Uh, Many of you know that that Jews for Jesus is an international organization. We're working in about 16 or 17 different countries around the world, and our goal is to do three things. Right, this is our our work in Los Angeles. I'll tell about this in just a minute. We can leave that up there. So our, our work is really built around three things one is that we want to communicate to jewish people that yes you can be jewish and believe in jesus many jewish people would say you, that's impossible you're either jewish or you're christian you can't be both but we're trying to say no you can be jewish and believe in jesus second you can become part of a community of people who are Jewish and believe in Jesus. So Jews for Jesus does a variety of things to help out and reach people and engage with them. And the third is that this is a place where you can serve. So uh, our, our work in Los Angeles is built around, which you see on the top left there, built around this, um, this space that is a coffee shop art gallery It used to be the first floor of our office, and it was a great office, (laughs) but nobody came in, so it was nice for us, but it kind of missed the point of engaging to people around us. So we took our whole first floor, renovated the whole thing, turned it into a coffee bar, art gallery, we have a recording studio. It's right across the street from UCLA, big campus in Southern California, and, so in the bottom right-hand corner there, that's my wife talking to a Jewish guy at a art show that we had that, was, uh, that we had sponsored by a local artist that was doing, doing work. And it was, uh, we had about 100 people in that evening um, engaging and having conversations. What we have found in our work is having a conversation about spiritual things where you ask a person, what do you think about Jesus? What do you think about God? What do you think about the Bible? Is impossible right now. It's too direct. And what we have found is that what we need is a third third piece. So we have the conversations about spiritual things through something else, like a piece of art, like a community event like something like that. So this is really what we're doing in Southern California, Um, but, uh, and and this is just one of the things that we're doing. Right now, most of our work is sort of dominated by Eastern Europe. Uh, Right now, we have uh, two offices in Ukraine. One is in uh, Kiev, one is in Odessa. We've been there for 20 years, so we have long work there. Our staff are still in Ukraine. We now have brought about five or six staff uh, to poland and they're working with refugees to kind of move them out of ukraine get them settled in places in europe Uh, and what we're finding is that though this is a very challenging time for many this is likely the the moment that god is going to use in their lives to bring them to him and so i would encourage you to to pray for us to pray for what's going on so my coming is to share passover with you but also to help you understand some of the the kind of the parts of what's going in on our, on our ministry and what's happening worldwide so um, as you as you came in you saw one of these you got one of these pamphlets this helps you follow along with the passover but also on the back side there's a Uh, final little tear-off portion here, and if you would like to receive some information about Jews for Jesus, uh, kind of hear what's going on, pray for our work. This is a way for you to do that. Um, Fill out your name and address. I'll be in the back at the table. You can either give it to me, or there's a place to give at the end of the service. You can just drop it in there as well. But for now, what we need to do is we need to jump back into the Passover So we're going to um, go back into the Passover Seder because there's a section that happens before the meal, there's the meal, and then there's a section that happens after the meal. So after the meal, um, we kind of clear off the dishes and we, we come back to the Passover Seder and we take this very important third cup. But before we take this cup, something is missing. Because earlier, something was broken, right? And it was hidden away, and now it needs to be found and brought back. So this is called the afikoman. So all the children, they go look for the afikoman. This is a big deal in my family. I have two daughters. They always fought about which one was gonna find it. And so one finds it. They bring it back to the head of the house. It's sold back to the father. There's like an exchange that goes on it's kind of a funny tradition and then it's taken out of its container this little sack and it's broken again everybody at the table then gets a small piece of that unleavened bread that afikomen taken along with this cup the third cup the cup of redemption sounds familiar doesn't it now, you are part of a church that takes communion, as you, you guys know, regularly. This is part of your tradition. This is where that tradition comes from. It was on Passover that Jesus took bread and said, this is my body, and took the cup and said, this is my blood that's poured out for you. But those two events happened in the context of a meal that was remembering what happened many, many years earlier in egypt the matzah first of all this matzah is unleavened a symbol of a sinless life yeast is often associated with sin in the bible this bread that we have at this point in the seder if you remember came out of the middle of a three-layered container now there's a lot of disagreement among what these layers represent right some say uh abraham isaac and jacob There's other answers But I think the picture will become clear as I explain there's three pieces of matzah yet They form a unity a tri unity on Passover the middle layer of that unity is made visible It's revealed It's then broken wrapped in a cloth hidden away left there for a while Brought back redeemed with a price made visible again and given out to everybody at the table that remarkable picture for me is a picture of our triune god father son and holy spirit where the son was revealed made visible the son was broken buried brought back and then given out to everybody at the table Jesus said of the bread, this is my body. The bread on Passover, especially this afikomen, is supposed to remind us of the body of the Passover lambs that were sacrificed in Egypt. So Jesus, when he says, this is my body, is identifying himself with the lambs in Egypt. That were sacrificed in order that those slaves might be set free so today all those that trust in jesus as their messiah are set free from their sin and from their bondage to sin and death and then he took the third cup the cup taken after the meal is called the cup of redemption this is still taken today in jewish families this cup is sometimes called the cup of redemptive blood and on passover the broken piece of afikomen and the third cup the cup of redemption are taken together in remembrance of the body and the blood of the passover lamb and i can tell you this morning that my passover lamb is jesus well we now have the fourth cup the cup of praise the cup of hallel so we know that on passover at in the in the book of matthew we read that at the end of passover the disciples they sang a hymn and went out so where was the hymn where did it come from well probably the book of psalms that was the hymn book of israel and so when we have this fourth cup we recite the psalms of praise part of the great hallel so psalms 115, 115, 116, 15, 117, and 118. And so we recite them during this time, and so this is called the, the Hallel, uh, the cup of Hallel, or the cup of praise. But there's one last cup that I haven't told you about, and it's kind of an interesting cup because it's a cup from which no one drinks. It's called the cup of Elijah. And on Passover, a whole place setting is left untouched, all for Elijah nobody sits there at the table uh, at the spot nobody drinks from that cup why well it's recorded by the hebrew prophet malachi that before the coming of the messiah he will be preceded by the return of elijah the prophet and so uh we uh, at some point in the passover a child goes to the door at looking for elijah calling for elijah it's thought It's Jewish tradition that Elijah would come on Passover to announce the coming of the Messiah. As Passover remembers the salvation in the past, the redemption from Egypt, so too the redemption of the future would be ushered in. Now, where's Elijah going to come? Nobody knows. Maybe your house. So you set a seat and you have a cup so that elijah has a place to celebrate passover but i know that elijah already has come because when jesus spoke of john the baptist he said of him if you care to accept it he himself is elijah the one who was to come the prophet the forerunner has come and so has the messiah the savior of both jew and gentile passover is a remarkable picture of redemption in the past, but it creates a pattern for the redemption of the future. I didn't grow up in a church setting. I didn't, I, I was Jewish. I uh, didn't grow up going to church. Nobody I knew went to church. When I first started going, I, I realized that there was this language about Jesus's blood being poured out for us that his body being broken for us that we are healed by his blood honestly i had no idea what those things meant until i saw the connection here my hope for you uh, this morning is if you're here and perhaps you're not a follower of jesus perhaps you came to visit you were invited i'm i'm so glad that you're here Um, And perhaps it's a little bit of a mystery to you. Well, I hope that this morning, this would be the beginning of a journey for you that you might understand who that Lamb of God is, that you might learn more of who Jesus is. And if you're here and you are a believer in Jesus, I hope that this helps you understand and connect to those things that Jesus will do for us uh as we remember this week ahead as we remember that he celebrated the last supper with his disciples he gave himself he died and rose again from the dead so that a week from now when we celebrate easter we can understand the resurrection of that lamb so i hope and pray that god would richly bless you with his presence in the name of jesus our messiah amen thank you